Hello, and welcome to another episode of Living Well with Jess podcast. I am your host, Jessica Kizzy, certified anger and life coach. I'm also a podcast and TV show host, motivational speaker, author, and whatever you may need in the time that we spend together. I am super excited about this interview today. I have Colonel Khalil Shabazz on today. Good afternoon, sir. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I am so. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for taking out the time to even speak with me. I know your life is busy. You're out here spreading the good news. You're out here protecting and serving. And the fact that you have enough time to just spend with me, I am definitely honored. And so, thank you for being a guest on my show. Absolutely. One one of the things that's important. We make time for things that are important to us. And a lot of people say they don't have time. Well, you're not important to them. And so you're important to me because you want to talk to me and you're uplifting people. So I got to make time for that. I do appreciate it. And so let me thank you also, because you spoke it to my son and I don't know what you said and he won't tell me, but my son has not (laughs) been the same since he spoke to you. You lit something in him. And in this season in his life, I am so happy that he has black men that have been speaking and pouring into him in his journey into becoming a young man, because it definitely makes a difference when you see yourself in other people. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. That that, uh, meeting we set up with your son and the other uh, young men was unscripted. Uh, I was there to speak International Day to all the highfalutin people, all of the presidents and the uh, directors. Uh, but what I told the guy, if I'm going to come there, I want to speak to those young men uh, because I was at that school and women were there too. Uh, that's the second time I went. The first time we spoke to all women. The second time I wanted to speak to all men. Um, I was at that school. I was lost. Uh, the black men uh, were non-existent. We saw them but they were non-existent, they were scared, they were afraid to speak to us. And I wanted to make it my business to go and speak to them and speak 1000% truth to them. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of what I told them, we can get into it. I told them, excuse my language, nobody gives a damn about you. Okay. You better get yourself together because if you don't, when you leave this school, you're gonna be just like everybody else who said they went to college and they were such a great basketball player. I went to that college, I was an All-American, I scored 60, 70 points. But at the end of the day, when I walked out of those doors, nobody called. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. So before I get started into this great interview, cause I'm super excited. Um, I like for my guests to describe themselves in one positive word. So what would your word be, sir? I'm going to give you two, and I'm sorry for breaking your rules, but I'm phenomenally resilient. Yes. Phenomenally resilient. I love it. And I know there's a story behind those two words, so I can't wait to get into it. Sir, do you realize that you have become a TikTok phenomenon? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't really, really. To hear what you have to say, and you are really challenging our thought processes like you have fun but i noticed and i I really want to talk about this one because i think this is who's this 
this particular one that I saw was about Muslims who love God and how both of those things can exist. You have to talk about it because that was profound for me. And the way that you broke it down, it made so much yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I think it's a general misconception uh, because of what we see on TV, CNN, ABC, Fox News, or whatever. Uh, most of them have been painted in a particular light. Yeah. Uh, and people don't know us. Uh, I'm able to bridge that gap because I went to Jarvis Christian College and I was a Christian for 28 years. I think it's important to put that message out there that Muslims love God. Uh, we're devout. We pray. We want to go to heaven just like anybody else. And if we're wrong, then we're going to the wrong place. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want uh, what's best for our families. Uh, we want uh, school education. We want our kids to have values, uh, have integrity, and treat their neighbor uh, just as well as Christians do or Jewish, Jewish personnel. I think it's important for me to be out front saying that. Uh, a lot of people, whether you're Christian, Muslim, or Jewish, we talk about how unfairly people treat us in our religion and people don't understand us, but we don't want to be out front uh, explaining to people who we are uh, and showing a positive example uh, every day. I get a lot of flack for those videos from my supervisors, leaders, uh, and others uh, who think it's too much, uh, but I think it's not enough. And so that's why I want to go out and spread and be, I literally, I probably post about seven videos a day I get up uh, at 0, 3.30, 3.30 a.m., go to the gym, post two videos, and come back at night. I post one at lunch, and then I come back at night and post two more. Uh, I want to be a person that's actively out there, not talking about God, but being a representative of him. And I love that because I had never heard it explained in such a way that you did it was very profound for me especially knowing that you are the chaplain you are the colonel in the um, armed forces and i know that there is a struggle with being able to be within your religion and actually serving in the united states armed forces how have you been able to reconcile both of those things within your life? And if someone's listening to it, and maybe they're not in the military, but they are trying to figure out how to live life and be in their religion, what would you have to say about that? Well, the first thing, you know, God says, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. You love yourself. Second thing, he says, how can you love God whom you've never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? Thirdly, he says, faith without works is dead. The cross says, mere belief comes to us. What does all that mean? I'm in here serving the people. Uh, the army may not like this. I'm serving the army's people, not the army. I, I'm going to say that again. I'm serving the army's people. My job is to inspire human beings. Most people don't know. Chaplains don't even carry a weapon. Yeah. I don't carry a weapon. The only weapon I carry... As, as the Bible says, is this two-inch sword that is going to be wielded with truth. Uh, most people spend their lives trying to speak truth to power. I do not. I speak truth to empower the masses of the people. So whether I'm in Iraq, whether I'm in Afghanistan, whether I'm in Poland, all these places I've went all over my life, I'm there to influence people. And so there's no contradiction for me between what I'm doing and the God that I serve, because the God that I serve tells me to serve people. And I do that very well. And so I sleep well at night. 
I know that's I know that's right. I love that message because I think it gets misconstrued. We are so focused on things, places, and we don't focus enough on the people and what we are called to do. We don't have to agree with everything that people do, but it, you're right. I'm supposed to love my brother. I, right. Regardless of what my brother is doing, that is what he charged me with. That's and right. if I focus on that, then I can never be wrong. That's right. I I've been married for 31 years. I ain't agree with my wife not one day. I'm still married. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the secret to 31 years? Well, for me, it's 100% humility. And I don't always get that right. But it's, I serve my wife. And I, and I learned how to do that. Uh, when I go out and teach guys, and of course they think it's weak until they become mature, if I'm in the room in the bed with my wife at 10 o'clock and she says, I want, before she gets her sentence off, I got my shoes off, getting ready to go get that. If I got to go to the to the store at 10.30 at night, I, wherever I got to go, I'm going to do that. And let me tell you why I do that. You know what's amazing about human beings? If your boss called you at 10.30 at night and he says, sister... I need you to be in here at 11 o'clock. I need this before 12 o'clock. You're going to get your asbestos, put them shoes on, and go do what your boss says. Why don't we give that same respect to our spouses? Why don't we? I'm always asking the same question. That same humility you have with those people that be in the street, you need to have that at home. Because these are the people yeah. we say we love. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I, most people would disagree with me. I believe that you love them more than you say what you love in that house. Because if you're serving them more out of fear instead of loss, I got to question your love for that person in that house. And I've been preaching that for like 25 years, and I found about one or two people who agree with me, and I don't care. Because if my boss calls me at 1 o'clock in the morning and says, get your butt here at, before 1.30, I'm going to move heaven and earth to get there. Oh, but if my wife says something, man, why you want me to do that? You always want me to do that? That's contradictory to what God says. That's contradictory to common sense. And that's contradictory to that marriage that you say you're in. Now you speaking something because now you got to question why you got into these relationships in the beginning. If that concept is not important to you, the person that you lay down with has to be the most important person to you. Yeah, you, you can lose so. a job. Anytime. But Anytime. The, 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 you're, you're more afraid, honestly, if you look deep down into the recesses of your heart, you're more afraid of losing that job than you're losing your mate. Because you think, I think, that that job is more important because it sustains us in life. But we don't realize that that mate actually sustains our life. Because mm -hmm. they, give, they give us the balance. They give us the peace. The problem with relationships is people come in to be served as juxtaposed to serving. Now you write about it. Oh yeah, people come in, what can I get? What you doing for me? Yeah, but what are you doing for me? What are you doing for me? Now you write oh, about it. Oh, you just want to be served. Yeah, that's right. We're very selfish in that sense. We're very selfish. We really need to check yeah. our own moral compass and our hearts. As to what are we doing? I totally agree with you. I'm teaching a couples course right now. And that is, we just did an assignment about that a couple of weeks ago. It's not about what you want. It's about listening to your partner and meeting their need. 
Because if you're meeting, if you're so, we need to be in a rush. We need to be in a hurry. Just like you said, you already putting your shoes on. That's how it's got to be. We need to be yeah, in a absolutely. hurry to beat that. I totally, whew, yeah. well, we need a whole nother podcast about that. <laughs> absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. The problem is most people have told us it's weak. And then sometimes our partners who are not mature enough think it's weak. Yeah. You know, I've been a, I've been a counselor for 25 years, and I've had many people to come in and say, "Well, well, he just don't give me a challenge. He do everything I say. He do this. He do that." And then they go out with this bad boy, who I mean, don't them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they like crying. They like to be in pain. They like to be in tears. You know why? Because they're not healed. Yeah. They're dysfunctional, and all of us are dysfunctional. But if you like that type of pain and that type of chase, you need some therapy. You do. I'm all about that's that's really what the focus is for me. Just healing and not just accepting anything just for the sake of saying I'm with somebody or I'm just here with myself because we put ourselves through a lot of unnecessariness as it relates to our relationships and with ourselves. I I can look back 15 years ago and realize that some of the stuff that I've experienced was so much self-inflicted. I didn't have to go through half of the things that I went through. Now, I thank God that I can use those things now to be a vessel to other people. But God knows I'm learning the lesson the first time this time. I don't want to go through any unnecessary pain if I don't have to. That's right. People people always say they fight demons. What they're doing is they're fighting the, the choices and the consequences of those choices. <laughs> and that is the truth, because that was mine. It wasn't no demon. It wasn't Satan. It was Jessica <laughs> and her doing right. what she wanted to do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So I work at the Dallas Mills. Um, so I'm at the beginning of the process of them making it to you. I'm, I'm helping the soldiers come in and figure out what it is that they want to do with their lives. And so for somebody who may not get the opportunity to experience you on your journey, because you're you're at the sunset phase, but the new era is coming in, what message would you would you leave? Um, especially as it relates to marriage, as the soldier that you want to be, what would be something that you would leave for them? Yeah, what, I, what I would leave is the quote that started me on this journey. Uh, it says most people die at 25, but they're not buried until they're 75. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Most people die at 25, but they're not buried until they're 75. Most of us buy into this false narrative of reality. There's no reality. There's no limits. There's nothing that you can't do. You've just been convinced that you can't do it. So you buy into that false narrative. And you walk around really for the next 50. 50 years dead, and you just wait until you're 75 for people to throw the dirt on you. My message to anybody, not just in marriage, but in life and in, in, in self fulfilling, uh, whatever your goals are, work, fail, get up, work, fail, get up, put yourself into compromising situations, or put yourself into un- uncomfortable situations. Well, you actually, like I did, I felt absolutely inept. I felt dumb. I didn't feel like I deserved to be in any of those schools that I was in. But now I got two doctor degrees and five master's degrees. And nobody, when they come in my office, sister, look at that wall and know what I went through to get those. But I put myself in very uncomfortable positions 
for the master's degrees, I had to take three, two remedial classes before they even let me in the master's course. Now wow. I got two PhDs. Wow. So yeah. leading into this next topic that I definitely wanted to discuss, what has life been for Colonel Khalil Shabazz? Because you don't have all of these degrees without have gone through something. Life for Colonel Shabazz is an H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't lie to you. It's, it's been hell. I mean, walking around, having the, the testicular fortitude to hold your head up in a society that tells you that your head is supposed to be down, having the courage to say I'm an educated African-American male and I'm going to be and I'm going to live unapologetically is very difficult. And when you're, all make, when you're comfortable with yourself, you make people very uncomfortable, okay? And so for me, being an African-American male, being Muslim, and an African-American male, my friends have a joke. They call me double heat because they know I'm catching it from both sides, right? <laughs> but, you know, one of the things uh, I, I pride myself on is I wanted to give my children a, uh, a childhood that they didn't have to recover from. I'm going to say that again. I wanted to give my children a childhood that they didn't have to recover from. That means I had to be on the front lines. That means I had to be taking some bullets. That means I had to be taking some shrap metal so these people would live a great life. My kids, I'm, I was gone all the time. My kids just saw really an example of what I can do. See, it, it's one thing to tell your children what they can do. It's another thing to show them. Yeah. But I always tell our kids, oh my God, education is important. And they see you watching TV for eight hours a day. Well, you can say what you want, mama. You can say what you want, daddy. Education ain't important to them because it ain't important to you. And they looking at you and them jokers weighing you. And yeah. so for me, walking into any institution, being who I am, automatically, all eyes are up. All eyes are on me because most of the time, 99.9% of the time, I'm the only one, mm. right? And so for me, Honestly, even though I am terrified of all of those situations I go in because that self-doubt comes in, that self-abnegation, that self-negation, you ain't good enough, you ain't smart enough, you a little Michael Barnes from Alexandria, Louisiana, who was in special education, failed ninth, 10th, and 12th grade, you ain't smart enough to be in this room, son. Sister, I got to take a deep breath. I start sweating. And I say to myself, you're in this room because you're supposed to be in this room. Yeah. Talk with some dignity, talk some with some respect. And that's why I have on, on all of my posts, ASNL, a son never forgets. Mm. And what that means is not only for my mother, my father, it's for all of those people who came forth and died so I could be in that room. I'm their son. And what right do I have to be a coward? and not take my place in that room. So yeah, that produces a lot of hell in my life. That yeah. produces people who call me arrogant, conceited, and all manner of things. Uh, and I need to be more humble. And I want to take time here for one second and tell people what humility is. 
humility, by definition, is a person who has a low opinion of himself. I'm going to say that again. Go to Webster's Dictionary. Humility, by definition, is a person who has a low opinion of themselves. I don't have a low opinion of myself. Second of all, humility, to me, or arrogance, is keeping all your gifts, pumping your chest, and telling everybody what you have in negation of them. That's not what I do. I tell everybody what I have to expose myself to them as a resource so you can get what I have. Now, that's humble. Yes. But I could just stand on the top of the hill and say, oh, look at me. I'm a bad man. No. I say, I'm a bad man. Come to me. Yeah. Let me give you what I have. Let me walk you through the process to show you how to get what I got. So you can stand how I stand. You can have your shoulders back how I have, have my shoulders back. And you can walk with your head high. That's humility, in my opinion. I totally agree. And you know what? I can really appreciate you saying just how afraid and, and nervous you are stepping into these rooms when we, because we all have that natural instinct to think, you know, God, am I really supposed to be here? Cause I go through that. I'm when I think yeah. of where I've come from, yeah. but my prayer has already been to God that to put me in places where man can't ever get the glory. I know I'm in rooms. I'm sitting here talking to you. 10 years ago, <laughs> nobody could have told me this would have been my life. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I thank God for just choosing me to be this vessel. And who am I to act like I don't belong here? Because who said I, I'm not supposed to? But we get in our heads. We allow what we see on social media and the people around us because it feels like they're just doing so much better than us. But like you said, don't nobody know when they look at you that you felt ninth, 10th, and 12th grade. They don't know that. That's right. They don't know that. They just see but the But nobody's degrees. even they... asking how you got there. They just automatically assume, oh, well, you just think you better than me. But you don't know that's how right. much I had to lose to win. Oh, that's right. I mean, you're, talk, you're talking about they look at a silhouette. They look at all the things that they're not when they see me. So they already projecting what they're not and what I may be. And then, you know, I'll tell you, I've been, I talk to people sometimes six years later and they say, oh, my God, I want to apologize. You're just the nicest man I ever met. But this is what I thought. This is what I thought. This is what I thought. And I'm always appreciative. But you lost five years. Right. <laughs> you you could have been all this knowledge. <laughs> You you know, they told him, and this is a part of the hell that I go through. You know, you got a Muslim chaplain coming here. He's this, he's that, he's that. And so he said he waited six months to come and talk to me. Uh, and he really just wanted to challenge me and kind of stick it to me. So he came down to the office and we talked for like three hours. And so he went back to wherever he went back to, and he sent me a note a month and a half later. He said, I got to tell you, uh, Chaplain, I have not been able to sleep. He said, the connection that you and I made was on a whole nother spiritual realm. And I'm a devout Christian. He said, I haven't been able to sleep because I had been told that you and your religion is evil. He said, now I'm he said, now I'm 62 years old. I gotta rethink my whole life. Yeah. 
You see, this is the effect that you can have when you put yourself at the table. Yeah. Right? If, if, if I don't talk myself to that table, people don't know this, I'll talk myself out of that table because I don't think I'm supposed to be there. I got to talk myself to that table. Because all that trauma comes to my head. And so that's why I take the pause. That's why I talk to myself. That's why I'm up at three o'clock in the morning, building and pushing down that trauma. Mm, building and pushing down that trauma. That's a word in itself. Yes. We don't take the time out to even, I can appreciate you even understanding who you are as a person because most of us are filled with trauma already. Even we're born into it. Absolutely. And, and we don't take the opportunity to sit with ourselves long enough to realize that we've been we've been operating in the trauma and we've overlooking the healing process as if it's gonna kill us. Cause we've already lived hundred percent of every day that was trauma filled. That's but right. how amazing would it be if we use that same trauma to be the fuel to lead to our healing because we Absolutely. miss out on on conversations like this because we've been Absolutely. taught a certain thing i was super excited to sit down and have this conversation with you especially from oh, a religious you. standpoint only because you're right there is this miss um this this notion that I, I mean even with christianity if i can be honest there's really nothing about christianity from an African-American standpoint that really would even make me want to be a Christian, if I can right. be honest, because it's always been used in such a negative light. And being yes. that you are African-American Muslim, I can only imagine some yes. of the darts that you take because everything that's wrong with the world, they like to blame it on the Muslim too. <laughs> that's, right. That's, right. You know? that's right. So that's right. how do you find peace? Because that's that's tough. Well, you know, one, one of the things I, I like to uh, refer back almost to the scripture. People come to me all the time and say, Chaplain, I'm lost. Well, you're not lost. God created you. He did, you, you weren't lost. So I always say, create yourself. If you think you lost, create yourself because you're not. And what I mean by that, I create my own peace. I don't have to look for it. It ain't in no other person. And sometimes I get lost trying to find that peace in other people, looking for affirmation. And then I realize, boy, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. I create my own peace. And what I mean by that is, you know, we started off the podcast and God says, how can you love God who you've never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? One of the things I do to create peace is, I greet everybody with a nice, warm smile and inviting them into my peace to create peace, right? Because I never know what that person is dealing with, if that person is on the verge of taking themselves out of this world because we've all been there and we can't escape it, right. right? And so when I walk, and people have told me, when I walk into a room, I change the temperature into that room because I bring my peace into that room. That peace had to start before I got to that room. Right. And so I work on that peace every day. People think I'm in the gym trying to get a six-pack. 
No, 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 no. I eat Popeyes five times a week. That ain't gonna happen, right? <laughs> I'm in that gym creating a peace through discipline, saying to myself every day, sister, and those who are watching, here, listen, get your butt off of that couch, get your butt off of that comfort zone, because you got to go to war with yourself to create peace in your life. I'm going to say that again because I don't want nobody to miss that. Get off of that couch, get your butt up, you got to create a wall with yourself to create peace in your life. And that's for everybody, no matter what your religious persuasion is, no matter what your gender is, you got to go to war with yourself. I don't care if that's therapy. I don't care if that's the gym. I don't care whatever it is. You got to find a way to do that. And until you do that, you'll never be at peace. And that's the truth. That, that, that's a message. I when I was able to look back at myself in the mirror and be okay with the person that looks back at me, that was a good day. And it's going to be some days where it's going to be tough that you're not going to understand what you're doing, why you're doing God, why you chose me of all the people. Well, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. But why not? I, I, I cannot imagine had you not betted on yourself, what you would have been. I wouldn't because have been you, here because yeah, I had already had a suicide plan at the age of 28. I was an hour away from suicide. It was over. I was a horrible father, in my opinion, an even worse husband, and I was a drunk. Uh, I had no hope for the future. Um, and, and this is the importance of what I did at Jarvis Christian College. There was a man who came down and said, come in my office, let's talk. And we talked for an hour. Uh, and he told me that uh, uh, four words that changed my life. I believe in you. I had never heard that before from a man. And so when he said that, it, it actually, in my mind, transformed me, right? Uh, it wasn't religious. It wasn't preachy. He just said, I believe in you. And when he said that to me, I said, oh, my God. I got to start believing in me. And so I, I said to myself, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to spend the next 25 years transforming myself because I spent 25 years messing up my life. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And so when it was time for me to go to Jarvis, I said, hey, speech is great. And I laid it down. But at the end of the day, I want all of those young black men, let's get in the gym and let's talk face to face. And I'm going to give it to you straight. And I know... I'm a religious man, and I know I'm supposed to keep it, you know, nice and have decorum and protocol. No, I was giving it to him straight. Yeah. So ain't nobody give a damn about you. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. I got to be honest with you. Nobody. Because ain't nobody going to love you like your mama, and ain't nobody else care about you. And that's the truth. I thank you for everything that you do and taking the time out to speak to me on today. I know you are a busy man and I'm not going to hold you up, but I appreciate you, Black man, for Thank being so a vessel for other Black men and women who may be struggling. And so this message, I feel like it's going to transform a lot of people if they allow yep. it to. And so I thank, thank you. you 
again for taking your time out you be careful on that road thank you i thank you for the sacrifices you've made to protect and serve us even though sometimes we don't appreciate it (laughs) i appreciate you on today thank you so much that's such a pleasure and tell your family blessings to them all if they ever need me they're most welcome to call me okay Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Living Well with Jess. Until next time, inhale strength, exhale fear. You got this. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.